Hello. We met the other night, remember? Oh, yeah. I think I do. You think you do? Well, I must have made a big impression. Oh, no, it's not that. Well, what is it, then? It must be something pretty big not to have noticed me. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, he says he's sorry. But well, there's no law against sitting here, is there? Well, there should be when you've got that look on your face. Look, I'll show you. Was <laughs> it as bad as that, then? Worse. So, spill the beans, sailor. Give us the facts. What's your problem? Thank you for joining us on a quick trip through space and time. My name is Caleb. And I'm Mac. And this is a podcast where a Doctor Who veteran and a Doctor Who beginner go through each episode of Doctor Who and give their thoughts on it. And this week we will be watching The War Machine. The War Machines, yes. Very good, Caleb. <laughs> uh, the War Machines was written by Ian Stewart Black, directed by Michael Ferguson, and produced by Eins Lloyd. It aired June 25th, 1966 to July 16th, 1966. You, I'm sure you will recall Ian Stewart Black as the writer of The Savages. And I'll go ahead and give you a sneak preview as to one of the trivia notes I have. This is the first time that two consecutive episodes have had the same writer. <laughs> <laughs> Neat! I've been looking forward to this episode, but Caleb, if you... Given your knowledge of Doctor Who and given the title of the episode, The War Machines... What do you think this episode's going to be about? Um, hmm. War. Possibly machines. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. This is an episode <laughs> where the doctor is like, Dodo, my dear John, I could go anywhere in the universe with this machine. Watch this. And he presses the exterminate all life button and the, and the TARDIS turns into a deadly killing machine. <laughs> <laughs> Just presses the, the big red button that says history erasure. <laughs> Yep, that's my prediction. The TARDIS is going to go on a killing spree. So your prediction is that the TARDIS itself is the war machine? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I dig it. It's wrong, probably. But... I am so glad that you had the uh, the idea for when we eventually do the Doctor Retrospective episode of just comparing your, <laughs> your predictions <laughs> and seeing how accurate they were. Because they're going to be a uh, who, let me tell you. <laughs> but yeah. I guess just... Uh, there it is. <laughs> With that, we will see you all in the future. Let's get going. And we're back just been a couple seconds for you but it was three and a half hours for us yeah <laughs> probably the fastest turnaround yeah yeah last one was the fastest turnaround but now i think we got that beat <laughs> i got to i got to watch caleb's reaction in real time and it was so good caleb what uh what are your general thoughts about the war machines i was really loving this episode and i i i thought it was gonna be my favorite it might still be my favorite but the end pissed me off a trip, lot. It, I've never seen something trip at the finish line 
<laughs> so, so much. So astoundingly. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I will get to it, but what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before we begin, <laughs> let's do a couple of post-view trivia notes. This is the exodus of Jackie Lane as Dodo Chaplet. What? <laughs> and it is the debut of, I'm so going to mispronounce her name, uh, Aniki Wills as Polly, and the debut of Michael Craze as Ben. I really liked it. It cracked my top five. Yeah, for sure. It's it's within my top three, I think. Mm-hmm. But because of that fucking garbage <laughs> exodus of Dodo, uh, I'm not sure if it's one or two. I've got so many notes. I am so looking forward to talking about this. Shall we just go ahead and dive in? Yeah, let's just go ahead and get to it, my man. All right, The War Machines, Episode 1. The Doctor and Dodo arrive in pseudo-1960s London, and there's a giant tower finished. The two pose as a foreign scientist and his secretary to learn more about it. They learn that a scientist named Brett has been working on a supercomputer called Wotan, which will be connected to every computer on the planet. Brett's secretary, Polly, takes Dodo to a club where they meet Kitty and Ben. Kitty is not relevant to this episode. (laughs) Spoilers. The doctor attends a press conference about Wotan, but Brett is notably absent. Brett finally arrives late and demands another scientist, Crimpton, to come with him to see Wotan at once. When they arrive at the machine, it is clear that Brett and Major Green, the military security lead, are under Wotan's control. The machine brainwashes Crimpton with the intention of enslaving humanity. Dodo is also brainwashed and told to bring Doctor Who to Wotan. Before we really get into it, uh, there's actually another couple trivia notes that I wanted to bring up. This is the first season finale not written by Dennis Spooner. Huh. (laughs) (laughs) It is also the first TV story to not feature any scenes whatsoever inside the TARDIS. Oh, you're right. It doesn't. Not one. <laughs> yeah. Um, because at the very beginning, uh, the Doctor and Dodo walk out. And because they're in 1960s, when police boxes were still in use, he has an out-of-order sign that he just puts on the door. Very convenient. Very planned. I think that's a good idea to have. <laughs> I was kind of wanting him to land in 1960s London and to have the reaction... Why, this is the most populated planet I've ever seen! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have to take note of... I haven't. I don't remember anything like this. This story has, like, a special intro. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. How would you describe it? Like, it kind of looks like... It almost looks like a negative of, like, a film strip. So, like, the you know old film strips, they've got the little squares on the side. Uh-huh. Like, it just looks like a negative image of that because it's, like, these black squares on a white screen that says... The War Machines, cha-chink, episode one, cha-chink, written by Ian Blank, whatever his name is. Uh, It was really cool. (laughs) Yeah, it was really cool. I have no idea whether they continue that or not. Well, I hope they do, because it's cool as fuck. (laughs) And I I do like how they arrive, the doctor sees the tower, and he's like, hmm, there's something up with that tower. I'm going to go to that tower. So they go to the tower, and there's the scientist working on the computer, and then... Another scientist just comes in and's like, "This is the doctor and his and his uh secretary dodo and I'm like so we're just we're just gonna go ahead and skip over how the fuck the doctor got in here. 
No, 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 I'll take it. I'll, I'll fill in the rest. I, mean, I don't want to watch every single detail. It's fine. I just want to know how the fuck he got in here <laughs> and for the scientist just go on about his new project. Look, man, this is the difference between this episode being four episodes and being seven episodes. <laughs> That's true. They would take three episodes trying to uh, trying to explain how the hell he got into that tower. I guarantee you if they made this like a classic, the Dalek seven episode arc, this whole episode would have been him trying to get into the tower. Yeah. I, I've got a few notes before he gets there, though. i got okay. a cool-ass intro. I have absolutely no idea why I wrote this, but I put genius. Why didn't I think of that? Why would I have written that? It's sometime between that and him mispronouncing the Daleks. Am, am I, I, I think you were talking about the out of order. It must have been the out of order yeah. sign. Because that, uh, that was a <laughs> genius move. <laughs> and then I said, for being random, the TARDIS sure does love 1960s London. Look... If we're going to talk about every single time that this random time machine lands in modern day London, we're going to have a bad time, okay? <laughs> we're not going to talk about anything else. <laughs> okay, and then, uh, and then I have the Tollocks, um, which is a flub William Arnold has in the episode. He says the Tollocks, and then there's a pause, and he goes, the Daleks. You know, it's really funny. Uh, Dodo is actually canonically one of the few companions who never has to deal with the Daleks in any shape or form because of the line in this episode. She asks, what are the Daleks? She has no idea what the oh, Daleks are. that's right. Um, be- and so anytime anyone has set any sort of adventure with the Doctor and Dodo, whether there's whether Steven's there or not, they cannot have her interact with the Daleks. Because it is established in the War Machines. <laughs> she has no idea what the Daleks are. So she's one of the few companions that never deals with them in the show or in extended media. Fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> My next note is blonde, beautiful, and trendy. Oh, Polly. Oh, Polly. We're you are have... so fascinating. <laughs> we are going to have so much fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I like Polly. Like, I have my Doctor Who uh, companion rankings. And anytime we get a new companion, I put them in the list and like italicize them and then i move them around if i need to and polly's already pretty up there I yeah like her a lot. <laughs> yeah i like polly a lot uh not just because she's hot and she's got that great 1960s aesthetic yeah with the big eyelashes and the smoking yeah to, to be clear she is hot but, but that's it's not, not the only it. reason <laughs> Because uh, my next note about her is, my God, Polly has big attitude, and I love it. She does. My next note is, man, the club life in the 60s is just groovy, man. Oh, my God. There's literally <laughs> just, like, some white guy in the background, and he's just turning back and forth. I was like, oh, my God. I... <laughs> he's turning back and forth while wearing a tie. A tie. <laughs> I'm like, you can, you can, like, loosen it a little bit or something. Yeah, I, I mean, know. like, this is a party or something, right? <laughs> so... The Doctor and Dodo go up to Wotan Tower, as I'm going to refer to it from yeah, now sure. on. And the Doctor Brett is trying to explain, like, oh, this machine is right about everything. And the Doctor, like, gives it, like, a math problem to find the square root of a number. Yeah. And he looks at it, he basically goes, why, that's close enough. I'm like, well, is it right or is it close enough? Because that's a pretty big distinction, I think. Well, but then, immediately afterwards, Dodo's like, ah, I've got a question that'll trump it. What does TARDIS stand for? And it gets it right. Time and relative dimensions in space. How does it know that? <laughs> it's Wotan, man. It knows it all. Okay, but like, how does it know that? I don't know, man. How's it brainwash people with like magnetic fields? Because, I don't know. <laughs> because it can do that. My theory is 
they built a supercomputer that could interact with magnetic fields, and they opened a dimension for an elder god to leak through the computer. Sure, why not? Why not? Fuck it. Some, someone prove me wrong. <laughs> but then we go to that uh, that club, and I'm like, I think it's a strong intro for Ben. I know you said off camera that you didn't really like Ben very much, but I thought it was a strong intro for him. I didn't say, I, to clarify, I didn't say I didn't like Ben. I just think Ben's kind of an idiot. <laughs> he is. He is absolutely <laughs> an idiot. He has a brick for a skull. Um, he's being like down in the dumps because I guess he's not seeing any action in the Navy, yeah. I guess. Um, in the Navy. <laughs> and Dodo just comes and just fucking rips into him. Just making fun of this loser. Pa- Polly's trying to like cheer him up. And then Dodo's like, what a fucking idiot. Might <laughs> <laughs> even know, like, Polly is trying to cheer him up in like a really condescending way. Because she's like, she's like, oh, this is your pouty face right yeah. now. Where are you going to cry, baby? <laughs> it's more along the lines of, hey, Mr. Grumpy Gills. <laughs> but yeah, sure. <laughs> But she's like, eh, screw this guy. And uh, she starts to, it's like, he's got no sense of humor. So she starts to walk away and then she gets accosted by another dude at the bar. And Ben's like, hey, fuck you. H- how about don't be a dick? And then he gets into a bar fight with the guy. Yeah. So again, Ben's cool. Yeah. Ben, strong, strong start for Ben. Yeah. Ben's cool. Just maybe kind of dumb. Yeah. As we'll get to later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they were explaining what Wotan was. And it's like, this is a computer that will be able to control every other computer in the entire world. And I'm just like, in their defense, they haven't seen Terminator yet. So they don't know what the concept of Skynet is. Yeah, I was going to say, which is funny, because like, my, my note was, so Wotan is Skynet. He is exactly <laughs> Skynet. I really like this episode. I think this is one of the strongest intro episodes mm-hmm. to a story we've had. I do have one more note. Dr. Brett, he's about to leave the room when Wotan, like, calls him back and then starts doing, like, the hypnotic waves. And he's, uh, and he's, like, trying to resist. And he's, like, telling him to, no, stop, don't do it. And I have the note of, I knew I shouldn't have programmed it with the ability to brainwash the human mind. Ah, well, hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to turn the brainwashing off. Oh, damn, it. damn it. Okay, so I did write down, oh no, Dodo is leaving us, isn't she? Because she ends up getting brainwashed by Wotan, because Wotan wants the doctor, because if he can, if it can brainwash the doctor, it can take over the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I got the vibe that Dodo was leaving us this episode, but it's just colossally fucking horrible the way they do it. <laughs> what gave you the idea that uh, Dodo was leaving? I don't know. Instinct. <laughs> Intuition. I feel like there's something about the way the episodes have been going that makes me feel like the Hartnell era is like wrapping up. I, I don't I could not articulate why I feel that way. But like once Steven left, I was like, eh, Dodo's probably gonna go and then she and then like Polly came on, like Polly is like a big central focus of the episode. I'm like, mm, feels like a companion. Ben also feels like a companion. We don't have three companions typically. Yeah. Polly didn't act very companion-ish to the Doctor in this in this story, but Ben definitely did. Yeah, I, I think the reason I felt like Polly was going to be a companion was just how much time how it much focused focus on, on her. her. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, So, uh, like, I was getting the vibe, and then, and then Dodo gets brainwashed, so I thought Dodo might get killed. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm like, mm, 
it feels like Dodo's arc is gonna come to a close, and it did in a really stupid way. Oh, I I do have one funny joke. Oh, um, this has nothing to do with anything, but the bartender at the Inferno, like uh, the lounge they go Kitty. to, yeah, Kitty, also great. Didn't get enough screen time. She did not get enough screen time. She was a gem. She makes a comment when at the very end of the episode, the doctor comes in looking for Dodo, and she isn't there. Mm-hmm. And Kitty makes a comment about like his outfit and she's, she's like he must be some kind of disc jockey and i wrote the comment what the fuck did djs look like in the 60s <laughs> i don't know <laughs> apparently like the doctor and i do like how she gave him a free drink because it's like you're the first person over 20 that i've seen in, <laughs> seen in weeks <laughs> it's like bravo bravo for coming into the hip new club Oh, I didn't write this down, but this is my last note about this episode. This is the first episode where I actually think they refer to the Doctor as Doctor Who. It is. And it's not like a gag. Yeah, they refer to him as Doctor Who, like, repeatedly. Yeah, well, Dan's like, bring me Doctor Who. Yeah, and it kind of really bugs me, because it's not technically (laughs) his name. But, like, Wotan calls him Doctor Who, so that means all of his thralls start calling him Doctor Who. And I'm like... It's it's just the doctor. It's just the doctor. (laughs) It's not doctor. It's not doctor. (laughs) That's the joke. (laughs) I'm surprised that this arc is written by the same person who wrote the Savages. Why do you say that? Because it feels way more thought through. Yeah. Like I, I feel like the episodes get gradually worse. Like I think this is the strongest episode in the four episodes. But I, I still feel like. There was an intentional plot written. Someone figured out how to do the outline feature on uh, Microsoft Word. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, we can totally outline this. Oh. <laughs> we can think ahead. <laughs> it has the vibe of like Ian was writing this episode and they were like, oh, hey, we need you to write an episode before this. And you're, and they're like, okay, when do you need it? Uh, next week. <laughs> uh, well, the the other script is actually going to happen before War Machines. So, by the end of the day, if you can manage it. <laughs> I mean, that's how it feels. Because, like, I don't know. This episode feels way more thought through. Except for Dodo. But... I would agree. Yeah, here's the thing. Jackie Lane's contract expired halfway through the making of War Machines. Oh, that uh, that would add up. That's why we don't see her after yeah. episode two. Because after episode two, her contract was up. And they didn't renew it, so... Not even for a day. Not even for, just like, a couple of days, no. So... Episode two is the last time we see Dodo. <laughs> Oofa doofa. Oh my god, I'm so angry about it. I know you are. That being said, I have no more notes for episode one. Yeah, I've got no more notes for episode one, so I can roll on to episode two. Dodo's last stand. Dodo's last stand. <laughs> episode two. Wotan gives its three thralls instructions on how to enlist Doctor Who and take over London. The doctor visits the club, but finds that Dodo isn't there. But Dodo returns, seemingly normal. Dodo leads the doctor outside, where a few scientists plan on ambushing him. (laughs) Max laughing right now, because it's hilarious. (laughs) But Polly and Ben wave down a taxi before the plan goes through. A homeless man stumbles into a warehouse, where a brainwashed crew are building the war machines. In response, Brett and his cronies kill him. The next morning, Dodo convinces the doctor to call Brett's office, and Wotan tries to brainwash him over the phone. However, the spell doesn't take effect, and Dodo reveals the game too early. The doctor becomes a hypnotist somehow and puts her to sleep. Back at the warehouse, the crews have the first war machine up and running. They give it a test run by just fucking annihilating one of the crew members. When Wotan realizes Dodo has failed, they need to find a new means of getting the doctor. 
Polly walks in at just the wrong time. Ben comes to check on the doctor, and he is worried about Polly. Ben decides to go investigate the Inferno to find her, and while there, he stumbles into the warehouse and witnesses the War Machine tests. The War Machine detects him, and the episode ends with it lumbering towards him. My first note is, the very beginning, uh, there's, the three, there's the three main thralls, and Brett is telling them what Wotan's orders are. I'm like, why? Why is Brett verbally telling them what their orders are? Shouldn't Wotan just be able to transmit the orders into all of their heads at the same time, or is it only Brett? Yeah, Mac, but how would we know? By them doing the orders. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I just wanted all three of them to just like be staring at Wotan, and then all three in unison say, I understand, and then leave the room. Mm. So then we're just like... Oh shit, oh, what are they doing? Oh my god, where are the So it would be more of a surprise when the villains do what they do. I totally agree. My first note of this episode is not inconspicuous at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, these this group of scientists are super subtle. Fairly certain it's their first mugging. <laughs> because Dodo's trying to get the doctor to go into this alley. And she looks over, and there's just a group of scientists clumped together, and one of them is just, like, holding a, a rag and chloroform. <laughs> Not even, like, just holding it. Like, Dodo looks over at him, and he's like, yeah, I've got it. I've got it. Is. <laughs> like, For real. <laughs> I do have one note before that. Kitty really didn't get enough screen time. Not yet. enough at because, all. Because uh, they were like... They were panicking because they couldn't find Dodo, and they were like, maybe we should call the cops. And Kitty's like, mm, I'd really prefer it if cops didn't come around here. <laughs> Kitty's got something going on, the, and I need to know. The Inferno is without a doubt a front for something. <laughs> like with a name like the Inferno, and like it's got like a devil face on the front of it. Yeah. And like, on like the bill, uh, as they're walking out, there's like a, almost like a, like a billboard, or not a billboard. Um, like a poster board almost with like pictures on it. Yeah. And there's like a pentagram written on it. It's like a Satanist front. Very yeah. cool. <laughs> Want to visit. I, w I need to know more about this. <laughs> Where's the novel about Kitty and the Inferno? This is one of those like really stupid minute things that hangs me up but is so not consequential at all. Um, apparently... In just like the couple of hours since Wotan has started brainwashing people, it has not only had enough time to recruit what appears to be about a dozen workers, but also had enough time to print the Wotan logo on all their <laughs> cardboard boxes. No, yeah, that's funny because like, I had that note too because I was like, talk about branding. Because <laughs> yeah, there's just like these boxes with just a big W on them. <laughs> also, Wotan branded itself between episodes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it did, yeah. My next note is they suck at capturing homeless men. <laughs> <laughs> I know this. So this like homeless guy that's originally in the taxi that the doctor's in uh, before Dodo and Polly leaving it and the doctor. This homeless man like stumbles into the warehouse where they're building the war machines and they like instantly recognize that he's there. So the workers like gather a circle around him. And he just barrels through them. <laughs> he just barrels through them to the other side of the warehouse, at which point they group around him again and actually hold him, and they're, like, threatening to kill him, and then he just 
breaks out of the hold <laughs> and goes to the other side of the warehouse again, and then they chase after him again, and they and, and then they kill and him. then they kill him. I'm like, it's it's one dude, it's one who dude. probably hasn't eaten in a while. And you guys he, suck at this. Admits he just spent months in the hospital. <laughs> oh, my note about this was, damn, these people work fast. Yeah, I mean, they got like a whole operation. Oh, because like at, right after they killed a homeless guy, so like it's been like what, like maybe it, this is at night. So like maybe no, it's only been a couple hours since they've been brainwashed by Wotan. Yeah, it's, I'd um, say giving them the benefit of the doubt, I'm gonna say six hours. Six hours. These motherfuckers have a full like manufacturing <laughs> facility in this mm-hmm. warehouse, and they build a whole war machine. Yeah. My God, these guys. These guys are efficient. Henry Ford wants to talk to Wotan, let me tell you. These guys are efficient. Like they're being controlled by a robot! robot. Whoa! <laughs> and then it's the next day, in the morning, because uh, I think I vaguely remember a line of dialogue of Sir Charles, the... He's like that PR front for this. Yeah, the PR front for the Wotan Project, uh, offering the Doctor a place to stay. I think there was like one line of dialogue... But I kind of barely caught it because I'm like, why is he like sipping tea in <laughs> Sir Charles's living room while reading the newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I worried that too, but I just accept everything. Yeah. Uh, my note for this uh, for this part was like, so Dodo is under Wotan's control, mm-hmm. uh, and she's trying to get the Doctor to the top of the tower so Wotan can bring control. And she's like, we should go see Dr. Brett right now. Well, doctor, think this through. Wouldn't you want to do this first? And I wrote, Dodo isn't acting like an airhead. Very suspicious. <laughs> and see, it's funny you say that. Because then he calls Dr. Brett's office, which is the same way that they were able to grab Dodo. Mm-hmm. Like, he called the bar and she answered. And then like the the hypnotic waves were sent through the telephone and she was captured so that's what they tried to do with the doctor but he like throws away the phone and then dodo, dodo just, just like, gives the whole game away <laughs> D- dodo just uh reaches across the table and says hey do you think this is a good poker hand yeah because i made <laughs> I, I made that note too i was like man even under a robot's control dodo's still got one brain cell that exactly what i said i said no matter how brainwashed she may be dodo still has only one brain cell because <laughs> she just because like the doctor feels the Wotan trying to take over, and like, it gives him, like, a headache, basically, but it doesn't take hold. And Dodo, like, leans down while he's, like, reeling from it and just explains, explains everything. the entire plan <laughs> and talking about how there's multiple centers, how I, I'm here to be your assistant for whatever Wotan has for you. The war machines are being created right now. The attack is at noon. What do you need me to do? <laughs> what do you mean you're not brainwashed? <laughs> And then, so, once the doctor kind of collects himself, he kind of realizes, like, wait, what was all that stuff Dodo was on about? <laughs> and then, like, he has her come to a chair, and, I don't know, he becomes, like, a hypnotist. He refers to the ring, he's like, look at the ring, I'm gonna count to five, and you're gonna fall asleep for 48 hours. Which seems dangerous. I gotta know more about this ring. This ring can do everything. Um, I mean, the ring is just, like, a focal point for her. I don't, th- I don't think it has any sort of, like specific properties it's it's the equivalent of like the the pendulum going back i mean i get that but this is not the first time the ring has been like the catch-all solution to doing something yeah it's a power source for the tardis it has i don't know some like light beam thing i mean i think you just use that as like a mirror 
in the uh, Dalek Master Plan. I'm pretty sure he just like like a magnifying glass. He just like reflected the light from the you know the sun and its special rays. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going with the headcanon that there's something weird about the ring. Has the Doctor done hypnotism before? I almost feel like he has, but I can't remember specifically when. I can't remember specifically when, too, but... But it has been established between the Doctor and Susan that his his race is kind of vaguely telepathic. So if he could put Dodo, who's already has a single-digit IQ, and who's already been, like hypnotized i feel like if he could put anyone to a trance it would be her i mean that's true i would believe that so i don't know every time the ring gets mentioned i just get hung up on it for some reason <laughs> seriously every time because i'm like what is the deal with this fucking ring will someone explain this to me please at a certain point after dodo is hypnotized and put to sleep for two days mm-hmm. slash the rest of this whole fucking series <laughs> uh, uh they're waiting around for polly well to go back wotan realizes that dodo failed and they're trying to scheme to find a new way for them to bring the doctor to the office. And oh my god, Polly walks in right when they say it. Yeah. How convenient. Well, Polly walks in because she's worried about her boss. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Dr. Brett hasn't been heard from and she's worried. And it's like, I still have a job, right? Yeah, I'm, just, I'm... I'm just poking my head in to make sure I still have a job. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so they, they get they get Polly. and they're w- So the doctor and Ben are waiting around for Polly to come back. And... Ben's like, it's been a while. <laughs> so he goes down to the Inferno slash the warehouse where they're building the war machine. When he goes inside, he sees it being built and they're doing some testing on it. And they're like, we're going to test the weapons. You there. Stand by that wall. <laughs> and then it sprays something and he dies. And I had the note, boo, do better special effects. I, I have the note of, I'm sure they made a real effort to make the war machines not look stupid. They failed, but they did try. <laughs> they did try. You did make the, just make the connection in my brain that the warehouse that they're building this war machine is directly next to the Inferno. I choose to believe Kitty is just like behind the bar with her feet up in newspaper and just like, and like she hears a whole bunch of construction happening next door and she's like, I haven't got where I am today by asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could call the cops about that, but that'd be a real fucking problem for me. Anyway... <laughs> yeah, but let's let's try and describe what the war machines look like, shall we? Prototype Daleks. Prototype Daleks. It's very big with a door on the back so that someone can climb in and pilot it, but don't pay attention to that. But 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 not, no one pilots it, but no, you cool it. It's totally a robot, but like hypothetically, if it weren't really a killer robot, I suppose someone could climb into the back and pilot it. Um, it's angular. It's got two pointer hose things. Yeah, it's got two weird Dalek guns as opposed to the one, which obviously makes it better than the Daleks, guys. Buy this um, merch. And but instead of making Dalek noises, it uh, sprays what I can only describe as like fire extinguisher. It seems like a fire extinguisher, but I think it's supposed to be like... Some sort I, of like flamethrower thing. I feel like they wanted it to be a flamethrower, but they were like, we can't have the scene where you test out the flamethrower on one of the <laughs> workers. They're like, but I want to. Like, pick one or the other. Ugh, fine. Because <laughs> like, at one point, not in this episode, but it fire extinguishes a box and the box catches on it fire. It catches on fire. So, so the, it, napalm, <laughs> I guess? Who knows? And then, like, by its side, it has two arms that are, like, come up as, like, hammers. hammers. Um, it's really dumb looking. It's really dumb looking. <laughs> Which is a shame, because I feel like, basically, every other time there's, like, some weird robot thing, like, it doesn't look bad. Like, the dogs 
are distinctive. Yeah. Um, the mechanoids from the chase, they were memorable. They looked like giant testicles, but yeah, other just... than that, yeah. Oh, but they did look like robots. <laughs> my last note, and you could basically consider this a note for the entire story, but my note is, yeah, yeah, hurry up, Wotan, we don't have to all day. <laughs> Because every time Wotan talks, he's like, there's like a five second pause between he's like, every word. Doctor who is required. I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Great, great. So like anytime it's like focusing on him and he's talking, it's like, can we go to time and a half speed, please? <laughs> My last note for this episode is, God damn it, that light is too low. Yeah. <laughs> it's like these overhead lights. And it, the robot is too big for it, but there's multiple times where it's moving and it just gets knocked. It keeps knocking its little it's this <laughs> light. Who the fuck designed this set? Raise that light six inches. That was it. Because it wasn't even like dramatically low. They could have just raised it. Yeah, that or who the fuck designed the war machines? Because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. if Wotan is going to be using this to take over the world, I feel like it should be able to clear a doorway. <laughs> Might come in handy. But as we learn in episode three, doorways are irrelevant. <laughs> doorways are irrelevant when you can make your own. Uh, then this episode ends with like, so Ben's in there, he's sneaking around, he sees it, and then they do the motion detecting test, and Ben does the brilliant thing and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it ends with like the robot like slowly coming in at him. That's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got too. So uh, episode three. There's a weird trend going on where the third episode of these four episode ones, I have the least to say about them. I definitely have the least to say about it, but I have more notes about this episode three than I did about the Savages episode yeah, three. Yeah, that, that's the case for me too. But anyway, episode three, Ben gets away because the machine can't turn left, but Polly is waiting for him. When he tries to get her to come along, Polly locks them both inside the building and the brainwashed workers capture him. After being enslaved, Ben manages to escape and he rushes to warn the doctor of, of what they are preparing. Back at the warehouse, the spell controlling Polly is beginning to break, and she is ordered to return to Wotan. Sir Charles organizes the military with the intent of invading the warehouse. When a patrol of rangers storms the building, they encounter the war machine and are thoroughly exterminated. A few manage to escape though, and the war machine bursts out in pursuit. When all the weapons jam, the doctor walks out to confront the machine. So I have already liked Polly up to this point, but I think this is the episode that made me love her. Because, you know, Ben's about to be executed by the war machine, and then Polly, supposedly brainwashed, steps in, says, no, do not kill him, we can use him for labor. And then while the two of them are working, knowing that Ben is not brainwashed, she then tells Ben the entire plan about the imminent attack and how excited she is for it. And then Ben starts to starts to escape. Polly looks up and notices him escaping and then goes back to work. She got some mental fortitude. She, she is able to resist <laughs> and I love her. <laughs> she is cool. She is cool. My first note about this episode is I really want to see the behind the scenes of the guy piloting the war machine. <laughs> Like, I so gotta I. know. So I gotta know how this theory is. <laughs> so Because there's no... Because, like, I feel like... Because on the mechanoids... Not to keep referring to the chase. But there's, like, this very clear eyeball cut out on the robots. There's, like, a rectangle, like, right in the middle of them. Yeah. The war machines don't have any clear cutouts. So I'm like, how? How how are they driving? I want to know. I want to see. <laughs> you made the note in uh, in your recap where it's, like, <laughs> it can't turn left. <laughs> And, and like, like, literally, like literally, it's going towards him, and Ben just runs off to the left, and it's like, 
Um, <laughs> I can't turn left. I can't turn left. <laughs> my next note is smoky crazy eye is my thing. Because yeah. uh, Ben's trying to escape and he runs out. And then Polly is just standing there. And she's just got this like crazed brainwash Yeah, look. she just has her eyes wide open and she's got the smoky eye. And it was so hot. <laughs> I knew you were going to make that note. <laughs> this scene in particular is where I was starting to think, is Ben kind of an idiot? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because he's like, Polly, what are you doing here? We got to get out of here. And he's like, Oh, quick, I think they're coming. And he turns around, and she's locking the door. <laughs> and, and, like, they literally struggle. With, like, she's locking the door. He throws her away. She throws herself back at the door to keep locking it. He throws her away. Then the guards come and catch him. And he's like, get out of here while you can, Polly. <laughs> Listen, we've had the bimbo. Now we have the himbo. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but that was a priceless moment. But then uh, Ben escapes and he tells the doctor and Sir Charles about everything. And uh, the doctor makes a really good point because he knows that there are several bases. You know, there are several war machines and the attack is going to happen at noon. They don't have time to try and locate these bases. They don't know where it is. So it makes more sense to go to the source, which he suspects Wotan and uh, take that out so it will annihilate all the war machines all at once. It's a solid plan. It's a shame he doesn't do that (laughs) because then he goes to confront the war machine that they were fighting before and then a second war machine later, I'm like, what happened to going after the source? (laughs) Well, Sir Charles tells him that that's not a good idea. I'm going to call the military, which leads me to my other note on this episode. Which was, oh my god, are you talking to yourself on the phone? Yeah. Basically. Sir Charles calls like the Prime Minister to explain what they're gonna do, and yeah, it's a it's a note. Mac and I have a lot. When people are talking on the phone, in movies or TV shows or plays, give the other person time to answer. At least at least Sir Charles gave it a couple seconds before he did his next line, as opposed to that one motherfucker who was in the Planet of the Giants who just did a monologue. Oh, that's true. That that's... guy drove me crazy. <laughs> and then the soldiers are getting ready to assault the warehouse, and um, I'm reminded that we're in 1966 because the soldier is like lifts up with both hands the the, the cell phone. Like it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like as big as he is. Yeah, it's like special forces. They're like stealthy in. And you know, like he sneaks up to this door, pulls out this giant fucking cell phone radio, and then yells into it, Can you hear me? We've snuck up to the door. They don't suspect a thing. Which I think may have actually been like a job in the military at one point of like, I have the mobile communicator on my yeah, back. That was a job. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. It mostly just like, you know, we've snuck up to it. They don't suspect a thing. What's that? I'm yelling. <laughs> I'm giving away our position? Nonsense, sir. And then uh, they break in and they start finding the war machine and it is a very long fight. Yeah, I I make the note of at least it's not just in the audio-only episodes that this happens. The action scene starts and I just kind of spaced out. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, let me know when uh, the plot is continuing. I'll... I'll wait here. <laughs> Which is a shame because the show has done like cool montage battles. Mm-hmm. Like the, oh my god, here I go again, fourth time this episode, the Daleks versus the Mechanoids in the chase. Mm-hmm. That I thought that whole sequence was amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, you know, the Daleks just go in and fuck everything up. That scene um, and uh, the Daleks versus the Rebels. Yes. Invasion of Earth mm-hmm. were both good fights. Yeah, those were both good fight scenes. So, like, they know how to do it now. But, like, and, like this one was fine at first because I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, they're shooting. Oh, no, the guns are jammed. There's smoke everywhere. And then it just kept going. <laughs> My God, it's too long. I also made the note that the Special Forces guys are not very well trained because they're getting overtaken by, like, brainwashed scientists yeah just dock workers as far as i can tell (laughs) yeah i just have one more note and it's another one of my stupid specific things but like it cuts the outside of the warehouse and sir charles is talking to one of the military leaders and they're back and forth and i noticed that one of the characters in the background probably some sort of military commander but like They've been informed that the warehouse is full of explosives, but this motherfucker is holding a cigar. (laughs) (laughs) That's all the way in there. I'm all the way out here. (laughs) That's my last note for episode three. Uh, Let me see. I've got British Special Forces suck ass. Um... (laughs) And then I've got, fuck that box. Because, <laughs> like, the war machine, like, and all this battle, it just goes up and just knocks over this box for, like, no reason. <laughs> fuck this crate in particular. Oh, yeah, because I think what happens is, like, so they end up retreating and going outside to the alley. The war machine just storms outside. Uh, and then it's got all these people, like, with guns, like, lined on it, ready to take it down. And it just turns, just hits this box. <laughs> Amazing. This is what will happen to you. <laughs> That was a warning shot. <laughs> and then the doctor stands out to like personally confront it because it's somehow jamming all their guns. Yeah. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. Yep. So I guess we'll move on to episode four. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're moving a really fast clip again. Not because yeah. we don't have a lot to say. But, but like we're just like excitedly. It's like, let's get the next bit. <laughs> yeah. So episode four. The war machine charges the doctor, but he defeats it by waving his arms around. <laughs> However, Wotan seems to have predicted this, and the plan moves into phase two as they activate another war machine. The Doctor tinkers around in the defeated war machine and learns another attack will commence shortly. The war machine goes on a rampage on the streets of London. Meanwhile, Polly returns to Wotan to receive punishment. On the streets, the Doctor and crew plan a trap for the war machine by trapping it between a set of cables. Once the machine is trapped, The Doctor fiddles with it and neutralizes the machine and reconfigures it in his favor. The machine heads for the tower housing Wotan, and the Doctor reveals he intends for the machine to face the supercomputer. Ben goes ahead and tries to save Polly before the machine destroys Wotan. He forces her to leave just as the machine comes in, kills one of the Doctors, and destroys Wotan. Everyone wishes to thank the Doctor for destroying Wotan and saving them, but he disappears in the chaos. He meets up with Polly and Ben, who say goodbye and tell him that Dodo wishes to stay. They decide to return to give him a key, which unlocks the TARDIS and lets them in as it dematerializes. So the Doctor is working on the on the war machine to try and figure out as much information as he can, and then he's like, My god, there's going to be a major attack at noon! I'm like, yeah! We already know that! <laughs> remember? That's where, that's where the, the time limit came from, remember, Doctor? Before... You were like, we can't find all the war machines by noon. That's why we need to go to the source. Doctor, the plan. Remember the plan, Doctor? <laughs> well, 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 yeah, I about the first thing. So he realizes, he learns slash remembers that there's going to be an attack at noon. After he defeats the war machine by... Uh, it literally looks like he waves his arms at it and it, it just goes... Okay. <laughs> and then it just shuts down. 
I don't know because he mentioned something about the programming in the machine. Like it's not fully functional, but also why didn't it kill him? Because it wasn't fully functional because they attacked early. The machine wasn't supposed to be ready until noon, but the military attacked the warehouse, so it wasn't fully functional yet. So it was like running out of juice? I guess. I, I, it, it, it felt it was, very much like... I can't even think of what I'm trying to refer to now, but like you know, like superhero shows where like the superhero just stands on it's like a train coming and it stops like right at their nose or whatever. Yeah, it felt like that. It ran out of AA batteries and it just. Yeah, it was very. I was very confused. And I I don't think that uh, that second war machine was was supposed to be going out. Are you sure? Because like th- there's a scene where like one of the dock workers is like radioing in. Uh, where they're like, they've defeated the robot. And he's like, yes, I'll begin phase two. Yeah. Which I interpreted it as robot two. <laughs> the radio was like broadcasting all the orders. Oh, <clears throat> sorry, even before that. Um, a worker like comes in front of the machine and then he just fires and kills him. Then it goes over to the radio that's transmitting the orders and he smashes it. Oh, and that's then he true. runs out. So like I interpreted it as like another glitch unhinged yeah so this one, for blood this one just went rogue and went out way too early because i feel like all of them were supposed to attack simultaneously at noon but this one is out on the streets early okay okay i think i guess i just missed that so also i love how polly polly goes back to um the tower and she says i let a prisoner escape i'm here to receive uh punishment from Wotan. And uh, they're like, that's going to have to wait. Wotan has other other issues to deal with. And in the meantime, can you go over there and help us with this thing? I'm like, this soldier of Wotan has betrayed us and might have resistance to brainwashing. Uh, could you help us with these boxes? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, tie her up or something if she might be a potential threat. Don't, like, have her help with the plans. <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> I felt like overall this episode was padding it out a little bit <laughs> like a little I, felt, bit. I felt like they were running out of script i mean this is the climax episode of this story and uh, a lot of it is dedicated to that second robot and not wotan yeah <laughs> like the majority of it is like them trapping the second robot and then the doctor like reconfigures it and it just charges in and kills wotan <laughs> yeah i feel like something that they could have done yeah they could have skipped the entire thing by just being like ah I've gone into his memory banks and discovered that it is indeed Wotan. I finally have the evidence, Mr. Military Man. Um, mm. I have also reprogrammed it so that it will go and fight Wotan. Like, we could skip that second one entirely. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah, I have a question for you, Caleb. Oh, God. It's a question that I feel like it occurred to us both at the exact same time. If our laughter was any sort of indicator... How did it get up the tower? <laughs> yeah, that's the first, the first thing it, I had in my mind was like, it's in an elevator, like there's a war machine there, and it's it got like, it's just sitting there listening to Just in the elevator, Ding! I was like, did it take did it take the elevator? Does this tower have a freight elevator for some reason? Ooh, did it take the stairs? <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, but like, because it just busts the door and starts blasting, like, right as Ben pulls Polly out of the room, like, literally drags her out. Yeah. Yeah. It was comedic. <laughs> this is the second episode in a row where the solution to solving the problem is just smashing the computer with a hammer. 
<laughs> yeah, because Wotan is is no more because the war machine came in and just started smashing shit. And and again, I will say it every time. The Doctor's non-violence rule is arbitrary. Violence can solve almost every solution, every problem they've been in since we began this stupid show. Yeah, but like, this is a computer. We can we can beat the shit out of a computer. That's fine. <laughs> we can kill computers. And then we get to uh, the scene. The scene. This this is right. This is God. right after um, the Doctor Batman's out of. Yeah, he does. Thing. Straight Batman's out there, like, well, we'll think the Doctor. And they turn around, and he's just gone. <laughs> So he's waiting by the TARDIS, and, like, he's there, he's, like, touching his fingers together, like, waiting for Dodo, and Polly and Ben show up to say goodbye, and they're, like, and he's, like, oh, it's, like, yes, goodbye, my dears, have you heard from Dodo? And they were, like, yes, I talked to Dodo on the way here. She said, thanks for everything, uh, bye. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do have a justification for this. I'm very, I'm very curious to hear what this, because uh, I was mad. <laughs> okay, so... When Dodo joined the TARDIS initially, she was very much a, yeah, sure, why not? Sounds like fun. And so she just kind of went through, just went through it. But then after dealing with this, dealing with Wotan, and her being, like, specifically targeted, I think she was just like a, nah, I'm good. Just like, <laughs> just as casually as she went into the TARDIS, she's just as casually leaving it. I guess. And she's just like, I'm done. I think I'm good. I guess. I don't know. I really don't like off-screen stuff like that. Yeah, I guess, no. That, I, I, that's bullshit. Like, if, if Dodo was like... Like, if Dodo had been through the rest of the adventure, and the Doctor was like, come along, dear. And, he, and she's like, nah. Like, that was fun, but I'm kind of done, like, though. And if, then just leave. I'd be like, okay, that's Dodo. If they knew this was the last episode, like, this is the last day that we're filming with Jackie Lane, I feel like they should have done just, like, a quick quick scene of her just being like later yeah <laughs> just walking away uh, but it being off screen what the fuck yeah that was that it was feels rough. like it feels like a lie from polly <laughs> like she's being put on the spot about something she just has to say something yeah and my very last note is at least this kidnapping is accidental <laughs> <laughs> at least we accidentally did it <laughs> because that was a that was a blink-and-you-miss-it moment, mm-hmm. um, which was the doctor was working on the war machine, and he was felt hot, so he took off his cloak and handed it to Ben, and the key fell onto the floor, and Ben picked it up and just like, okay, and like pocketed it, and then later he's like, oh, I have a key, because that, it was such a blink-and-you-miss-it moment of him picking up the key from the cloak. <laughs> which, I, which I definitely missed, because when he was like, well, I've got this thing, I've got to get back to the doctor, I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Yeah, he takes off, the doctor takes off his cloak, and, like, as he hands it over, uh, Ben hears, like, a clink, 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 and he picks up the key, and just, uh, he's working right now, I'll give him back to him later. It was very, it was, like, not the focus of the shot. <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah, but that's all I have for this episode, really. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else, what other trivia do I have any other trivia? Uh, no, any other, any trivia I've already covered. Um, so let's go ahead and do a goodbye, my dear. For Dodo Chaplet. Dodo Chaplet. I have said it before. Love a good bimbo. And Dodo is peak. Yeah, peak. And uh, she's just she's just fun. Yeah. I don't think we've had a companion that's just fun. Yeah, she's just like, I'm kind of going to do whatever I want and that's the end of it. <laughs> yeah, she's just, she's just here for a, like, a fun summer vacation more than anything else. And I just appreciate that. I feel like she's... 
I mean, they've gotten better as they've written in new companions, but she's one of the most consistent, I feel. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, she's impulsive, and she's consistently that through all the stories she's in. Yeah, and I also like how she just kind of goes with the flow, which I feel like is the ideal compa- companion for this Doctor. Yeah, no, 100%. So, yeah. I'd say my favorite moments with Dodo was in the Gunfighters yeah, yeah. <laughs> when she just comes in and she's talking to Doc Holliday and she's like, you're going to take me back right now. Yeah, she's she holds Doc Holliday at gunpoint and then he agrees to her terms. She's like, oh, oh thank God. God. She like, I'm back. <laughs> God damn it. Dana. I love it. I love that moment. <laughs> but yeah, Dodo will be missed. I, yes. think she, I think she's a not a top tier, but a high tier yeah. companion. Yeah, she's a good companion. Uh, done Dirty, by the way, they... Did her off, but that's becoming a trend. Yeah. I just realized I did not actually write down my final thoughts for this, so we're going to go off the cuff here. Uh, but final thoughts for The War Machines. Uh, final thoughts? I really, really like this story. Mm-hmm. A lot. It's super well-paced. The characters are like surprisingly well-defined. I like Polly and Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this was a really solid introduction for these two companions. Yeah, I feel like the episodes, it's usually the work reverse for me usually the intros are the hardest episodes for me mm-hmm. uh but i feel like this story gets worse as it goes but mostly just because like they draw it out at the end yeah i think i like the chase better okay and the only reason the only reason i think that is because even though barb and ian's departure from the chase is unexpected it's thematic mm-hmm. and it feels like the end of something mm-hmm. Because uh, the chase the whole time felt like a penultimate, kind of like, yeah. we're coming to a head. Yeah, because I think, yeah, the Time Meddler was the actual season finale to that season, mm-hmm. but the chase felt like the season finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially in retrospect, as I've kind of like thought about it more, like it feels like the proper ending to Barb and Ian's arc. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Dodo just kind of gets dropped off. Yeah. So I love this episode as a beginning for Polly and Ben hate it for an end for dodo yeah that's fair that's a good it's a good way of summarizing it uh yeah i really liked it i thought wotan was a a cool villain mm-hmm. even if the war machines themselves were kind of doofy looking <laughs> wotan as like an overarching villain was yeah because cool. it was very it was very skynet and mm-hmm. it's a it's a cool it was skynet before the internet was a thing so like or even the concept of like widespread computers mm-hmm. so yeah so he was cool. Loved Ben and Polly. And it just moves along at a good clip. Like, I feel, like, aside from, like, the second robot in the end of, mm-hmm. or in the fourth episode, there is not a lot of fluff here. Like, it is a very tight script, and it just moves along at a really good clip. Yeah, very much so. I, I mentioned it at the beginning, and the more we talked about it, the more I'm like, yep, it officially cracked my top five. Beating out the Space Museum. Space Museum is no longer my top five. Um, so long, Vicky. I mean, Vicky's still got a place in here. She's still in, uh, she's still got the chase, so. But yeah, that's really good. I think, I think this is my second favorite story, so. Solid place. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the major podcast networks. The best way you can support the show is by giving, rating it five stars and telling your friends about it. If you want to follow the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at QuickTripDW, and you can follow me and Max specifically you can follow me at CLB underscore Clark and Mac at Mac the Meh. You can also check out Mac's YouTube video where he gives funny and insightful video essays about video games. 
and join us next time on a quick trip through space and time in which we see Ben and Polly's first trip with the Doctor in The Smugglers. Because good news, bad news situation. Good news, we have Polly. Bad news, most of her stories are going to be in audio form. <laughs> God damn it. I hate this.